welcome to episode 65 of the Knit Actually podcast. My name's Becky, and I'll be your host. Today's segments include actually finished, actually working, actually stashed, and actually attending. I have a really exciting finished object. I feel like I'm always saying that it's a really exciting finished object, but it's one I am super, super thrilled with. Last episode, I was talking about the DeShane pullover. I'm not convinced I am pronouncing that correctly. But it's a super cute DK weight pullover. Actually, it might have called for worsted weight, but I knit it with a DK weight. I had some leftover Madeline Tosh DK twist from a sweater club that I had been in a couple of years ago. I had knit my Burkette hoodie, which is one of my very favorite finished objects. Really cute, uh, simple hoodie with some cute patterning, like stockinette, reverse stockinette on it. Very cute. I believe it's an Alicia Plummer pattern. Um, and I had three skeins left over, and that didn't feel like it was going to be quite enough for a sweater, but then with DK weight, it was like, okay, do I need to do something and try to stripe it? So I've been trying to figure out what to do with this leftover beautiful yarn. The colorway is called Blue Stowe, very similar to what I think is a production colorway of theirs, colorway of theirs that's called Cousteau, but it's a very dark turquoise, really deep colored, um, and I love it. I love it a lot. So I was looking for something to do with it. I found this little pullover that you knit on size 10 and a half needles. It's a crop sweater. It was the fastest sweater ever. I knit this thing start to finish, like winding the yarn to finish in five days. Some of that was because it was Labor Day weekend and I had time. I took a very quiet Labor Day weekend. I did a juice cleanse. I did some catching up on work and things like that, but I was very quiet and I spent a lot, I think I spent one entire day just on yarny things. So I cranked up the sweater in record time. It's a really fun pattern. It is knit in pieces, which I was stressed about a little when I started because I like to knit things that are all in one piece and things picked up. I don't enjoy seaming and that kind of finishing, but it really wasn't that big a deal. So you knit the front and it's got this gorgeous, very easy to memorize lace pattern. Uh, that was really simple. I, I knit that in, in a day or a day and a half. And then the back is just a panel of stockinette. So I went online and I found a YouTube bit video. I'll try to, I think I linked to it in last week's show notes, but if I didn't, I will try to remember to do that today. But I found a video on YouTube about how to knit backwards instead of purling when you're knitting stockinette flat. So I don't think I could use this technique to eliminate the need to ever purl. I don't think my, I'm not even sure it's possible, but I don't think my brain is wired to figure out how I would do that. For example, if I was uh, ribbing, right? I'm not, I'm not sure that this technique would work, but when I, when you get all the way back to the to the far left-hand side of your knit row, it is actually pretty simple to knit backwards across the, uh, the reverse way to the right instead of flipping and purling. And I thought it was really an interesting thing to learn how to do because I did, because I, I had time on my hands and I'm a nerd, and so I timed myself the first couple of rows knitting one way and then purling the other. And the purl rows were taking two and a half times as long as the knit rows. So it was something that I was really interested in 
the muscle memory took a little bit of time and I definitely for a little bit of it at the beginning I was throwing the, the yarn incorrectly and so I had some twisted stitches which then just more than anything slowed me down when I went back to knit because if you're trying to knit into the front of a twisted stitch then it's tricky right it's tricky to get the needle in there so I worked that out I got that figured out and it really went very quickly I'm not sure that it made me any faster it, but it probably did by the end when I really had the muscle memory down I wasn't having to think so much about what I was doing and and the movement of the yarn and the movement of my fingers so I think it's a good technique to have in my toolbox I feel like there's little time-saving things that you can learn how to do like knitting or like cabling without a cable needle or this knitting backwards or uh, there were some things when I was doing a little bit of color work that I was learning in terms of you know best ways to hold the yarn just for efficiency and so I'm pretty excited I was pretty proud of myself that I managed to figure that out it's something I think I've tried to figure out before without success so the fact that I worked it out this time made me really happy and I'm thrilled with this little sweater so it's uh, crop sleeves I made the sleeves a scooch longer than it called for and the sleeves were just stockinette and then bind off and so there's a little uh, drop stitch detail at the hem of the sweater so I added that to the hem of the sleeves as well and I thought that was a cute little addition probably also added little over an inch, maybe an inch and a quarter to the length of the sleeves. So that is nice too, that it's just got a little bit more length. And now I just have a smidgen of that yarn left. Um, I'm sure I have under 50 yards left of the yarn. So I feel like I made good use of all of that beautiful yarn. It did look very, very short when I first tried it on off the needles. Would have been wearable, but short. And so I was thrilled when I blocked it. You know how guys know how I feel about blocking. So blocking is magic and everything's gonna be okay. So I was really sort of taking it on faith that when I blocked this thing it would come together. And especially with that lace, that lace just grew and it just expanded. And so it definitely hits right at my belly button, I guess I would say. But it's absolutely a top that you have to wear over something because the whole front is this lace very open lots of dropped stitches so you have to wear something underneath it anyways the way that it's modeled in the pictures online it is worn over like a swing dress which I have a number of from Old Navy or the first day I wore it because I did wear it the other day just for a little while even though it was blazing hot <laughs> I was excited to put it on um, I wore it over just like a loose tank that is longer and that worked out cute and I think I can wear it with jeans I think I can wear it with pants for work I think it'll work with like a pencil skirt so I think it's going to be a very versatile thing to have in my wardrobe and I am trying to focus on some dressier things that I can wear to work so this does not when it's layered like that it does not feel like it's a crop you know like inappropriate crop sweater it's just that's the style of it and it's definitely meant to be layered over something longer. I think I could wear it with a maxi dress too, although I don't know that I will wear any of those to work, but I think if I was wearing it, like if we were going out to dinner, I have a long black, a couple of long black dresses, 
And I would throw this on over that, and I think it would dress it up quite a bit and make it look really cute and extend those into being winter pieces of clothing. So big thumbs up. The pattern is, again, it's Deshane, and I'm going to try to look up the designer's name really quickly. It was part of a Quince & Company collection, so it's meant to be knit uh, with a yarn that has some linen, and I'd be interested to see the difference in the drape of that versus this DK twist, I think is just 100% super wash merino, so it's not anything um, very drapey. It's very much a traditional yarn, but I'm thrilled with how it turned out. So Layla Rabi, R-A-A-B-E, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, is the designer. And like I said, it was part of a collection by Quince & Company. And I want to just look up the name of the collection really quickly for you guys. But I clicked the wrong thing. So the ebook that it's part of is Linen Noir. And it calls for Quinton Company Kestrel. There's some cute patterns in this collection, too. It's cute. It's all the same model, but there's a really cute Isabel Kramer short-sleeved pattern. There's a dress, which I would not know the dress, but... Uh, and another lace piece that is long-sleeved, and it, it almost looks to me like it's lace weight. It's called Gilead, which is funny. So, big thumbs up for me on this pattern. If you're looking to stash bust a little bit of worsted or DK weight yarn, it was a great project for that. It's also, the other the other big element I guess in it is it's it's meant to have quite a bit of ease. So the, the sample is 16 to 22 inches of positive ease. So it's really boxy, but very stylish, you know, with that lace element to it. I thought that added quite a lot to the look of the pattern. So I'm thrilled with it. It's another piece in my work wardrobe, and that's a big thumbs up for me. Actually working, I have a lot of fun things on the needles right now, you guys. I did do a little bit of a binge cast on. I did a lot of yarn winding over the holiday weekend. So I have a couple of really cool things on my needles right now. The first one I'm going to talk about is actually a crochet project. So with after my success with the Blooming Tea, I am feeling brave about crochet, and I had found this really cute pattern on Facebook, actually, for knitted fancy flip-flops, not knitted, crocheted fancy flip-flops, and that's the name of the pattern. I had to buy it off Ravelry, but basically you take, you know, your cheapo flip-flop from Old Navy. I bought a whole bunch of $1 flip-flops from Old Navy. I'm going to make these for gifts and you crochet around the straps of the flip-flop and then you crochet a little insert that looks like a flower and then it's optional you can crochet a little cuff up the ankle and I am going to do them with the cuff. So I finished the better part of the first one. I have a little bit more cuff to do on the first one of these but I think it's going to be very attainable and it's only September. So I think if I want to get these done as gifts, I can do that. I could take them on the bus, and I think I could crank out a, a flip-flop maybe even each direction on the bus because it's really not a lot of crochet. I started the first pair with leftover of the Colorful Eclectic Pink yarn that I used in the Blooming Tea. 
So they're very, very cute. And I have so much fingering weight yarn around the house that I feel like it'll be a fun way to use that up and use up little scraps and bits of uh, fingering weight that I have. So those are getting a big thumbs up for me. I'm excited about them. It was certainly stitches and things like that that I didn't know how to do and I had to rely on YouTube a little bit for the first time through and I'm sure now it's been the better part of a week and I haven't worked on it. So I'm sure when I go back to do the second one I will also have to rely pretty heavily on YouTube but I think I'll get the hang of it and it wasn't hard it was just there's a lot of triple crochets and triple crocheting into the same stitch and those kinds of things that I just again I am a novice crocheter at best so I think that's going to be a success, and that's good news because otherwise I would have a whole bunch of Old Navy flip-flops with nothing to do with them. The other thing that I pulled out this week to work on a little bit is my So Faded sweater. I went last weekend and hung out with some girlfriends and binge-watched The Handmaid's Tale, which I had watched once, but I was re-watching with some girlfriends. I wanted something that I could just work on without too much thought during the show. So this sweater is um, from Andrea Mowry. It's part of that whole fade fad, the fade fad. <laughs> and I am very excited about it. I have some hedgehog fibers that I got for Christmas last year. Oh, I just picked this up and I thought I was dropping stitches, but it's actually that I had been separating for the sleeve. No need to panic. Um, so I, this is Bounce, which is bright, bright aqua, turquoise, some chartreuse, and some black. It's a really pretty color, and it's really, really fun. And I do feel like it's the kind of thing that potentially might have been overwhelming on its own, but I think within the fade, it's going to be really, really cute. So that's my main top color of the fade. I'm at the point where I am separating for the sleeve, so then I think this will go fairly quickly, and I'll be able to crank out the body of this sweater, you know, when I'm on the bus or watching TV or whatever, and so my hope is that this will go pretty, pretty fast. I like the fabric that I'm getting. I think I'm knitting this at a slightly looser gauge than I did confetti. I am planning to do modification that a lot of people have done. I know that Gail from the Yarniacs did a fade and she used the shaping from confetti or she may have just knit confetti again and then just faded the yarn using the technique. I'm not honestly sure which one she did. The so faded pattern has a cute uh, garter stitch at the top of the sleeve cap that I really liked and some of the shaping of the neck is a little bit different, things like that. So I am actually knitting from the so faded pattern, but then now that I'm at the body, I am going to use the body shaping from Confetti, which is a Vera Valimaki fingering weight sweater that I knit over the summer. That gives it an A-line shape, which I think will be really nice. And I have quite a bit of yarn for this. So the, the Hedgehog Fibers Bounce is my first color. The second color that I'm going to do in the fade, which I think will look really cool because it, it'll add a lot of variety, is I have this year's sock blank from when the kids and I dyed Easter eggs, and it's got a lot of color. Last year I kind of had only three colors in it, and I put it in my doodler. This year I have, starting from 
the end you pull from, there's some chartreuse, some robin's egg blue, some yellow, some pink that, that goes a little salmon-y and a little orange in some places because it mixed with the yellow, so that'll be cute. And then there's a section that's fairly white with little bits of pink in it, and then it goes to kind of a corn flowery, purpley place. So I think it's going to be cute in a fade. I think it'll look really neat. Obviously on the blank it looks very like here's a chunk of color and here's another chunk of color which would not be attractive on the sweater but then I always have to remind myself that when you're doing a sock blank you get so much more variation in the color just based on the front versus the back actually this yellow where it goes to pink there's a little bit of white as well so I think it's going to be really cute and I'm excited about that I probably have 125 yards of Oh, this is funny. I'll tell you guys in a second. I probably have 125 yards of the hedgehog left. My phone is going off. Um, and then I'll be able to jump into the sock blank. And then I have some yarn that I bought at Colorful Yarns. And I'm going to pull out the little tag here. So it's called Wonderland Yarns. And the colorway is Cheshire Cat. I have a set of minis that I bought myself for my birthday last year with a gift card I got from my brother at Webbs. He had sent me a Webbs gift card. And so they are rainbow for sure. There's a purple, a yellow, a green, a pink, and a blue. And I was gonna use those. And then I think I was a little concerned about yardage. And I kind of just wasn't wasn't feeling it. And I was at Colorful Yarns back in May, I think, and I bought myself a skein of this. The interesting thing about this is it's a very large put-up. So it's 512 yards in the skein instead of sort of the typical 400-ish. So I'm hoping that that means I'm going to be able to, the cat's about to jump up here, uh, that I'm going to be able to knit this a little bit longer. And I think that'll be really nice. I love my confetti. I, I might love it more if it was an inch or two longer. So I think this will be fantastic. So we'll see, this will be a good bus project as well because like I said, I'm at the point where it's just gonna be knitting in the round and that should go pretty quickly, I hope. And it'll make a great fun addition to my wardrobe. These fades are so much fun and I feel like these colors, these bright colors, I really like. I can picture it being a really great spring thing, but also, you know, I talk about the dark and dreary winter. We get 300 sunny days a year here in Boulder County, so we don't get a dark and dreary winter. But if there was a dark and dreary day, <laughs> I think this would be a very cheerful addition to my winter wardrobe. The other thing that is exciting about this one, and I hope there's a tag inside this bag. There is. I got the most gorgeous bag at Stitches West from what was funny is from a, a Colorado company. So I have this beautiful Star Wars Force Awakens project bag. And it's one of those nice ones that has some of the thicker interfacing inside it. And it's just a very well-constructed bag. This is probably, frankly, my most well-constructed bag. I do have a bag from Little Skein that is smaller that I would say is of similar quality. But it zips at the top. It has a cute little... It's not a lanyard. What would you call that? It's just got a little hook with a little wrist strap that attaches to the zipper. There are little tab. There's a little ribbon tab on the outside. It has two outside pockets. Oh, there's something in the outside pocket. Oh, there's a stitch marker in there. 
and then it has a zipper pocket on the inside on one side and on the other side it's got three small pockets and then the other feature that it has on the inside are these little ribbon loops and they have what I would think of as like a large locking stitch marker these large plastic locking rings that you could use for color work so you could strand color work through there I have another bag that my sister-in-law gave me years ago that used like curtain grommets on the front of the bag so you could run color work through there and that way things wouldn't tangle but then it was trapped in the bag like you could not get it back out of the bag without cutting the yarn so it was the project would be trapped in that bag and you were stuck with that bag this because the little circles lock and unlock you could take your project out if you needed to or you could take the one yarn out and swap it for another if you were doing something where you needed to do that so it's a very very cute bag I'm very pleased with the construction obviously it was the Star Wars of it that attracted me to it but I would definitely buy another bag from these guys and like I said it is frontrangebags.etsy.com so it just made me happy I, I put the project in it because I was so excited about the project and then it had kind of been hibernating so half of the reason was like, oh, but I want to use my fancy Star Wars bag. I got it stitches. So over Labor Day weekend, the other thing I cast on was a braidsmaid shawl. I had been looking for the right pattern to use a beautiful yarn that I got as a review yarn. I received two skeins a while back, and I talked about the yarn when I got it. Meadow Mountain Wool, which is their Alpine base in the DK. So this is Merino DK. 260 yards to the skein, and I believe the color that I got, I'm looking it up, might have been lupine, but I have this beautiful dark gray yarn, and I had been looking for the right thing. It's a very tightly twisted yarn, so I really thought that it would, it even says here, worsted spun with wonderful stitch definition and cushiony bounce. I would agree 100% with that assessment of this yarn. It's very springy. And I feel like with cables, it's going to be very, very gorgeous cables. And the Braidsmaid Shawl is basically a garter stitch base with a reversible cable. So the cable is ribbed so that it looks like a cable either way, which is an interesting thing. I think I've only ever done that one other time with a cable. And this, this yarn just wanted, in my mind, it just wanted to be cables. So I'm very excited about it. I, I got through a fairly good section of it. I got it cast on and, and made a little bit of progress. It lived in my purse a little bit this week, but there's it's been taking priority underneath another project that I'll talk about in a minute. So I am very excited about it. I feel like it's going to make a nice wardrobe staple for me. It is a very beautiful, dark, charcoal gray, you know, you could probably almost pass for a black yarn it's that dark and I think that'll be a nice staple in my wardrobe I think I talked last time about most days I'm trying when I take the bus down to Denver I'm trying to walk from the bus station to the 16th Street Mall I'm sorry for my phone you guys I set an alarm to remind myself of something and I did not turn it off so I try to walk from the bus station down to my office and it's a little under a mile it's like three quarters of a mile so it's nice to just get a little fresh air and a, a nice walk in in the morning but I am 
cognizant of the fact that I've been doing that in the summer and eventually it's going to be fall and then winter and I'm going to need a few layers of things that I can wear to keep warm on that block. So I think this will be a nice piece that would layer over just about anything in my wardrobe. And I don't think it'll take me very long to knit. It's only 500 or so yards and that feels to me very attainable. My imaginary pacing is that I can knit 200 yards a day. That is only if I have a lot of time to knit or if I'm really kind of obsessively knitting on something. Last year when I was trying to knit the trillion projects for Knitnosh and have something from every yarn and I was making myself a little bit crazy, I was knitting at a pace of 200 yards a day. So I do feel like with the time on the bus, that means guaranteed knitting time for about an hour and a half every day. Plus if I have to wait for the kids at martial arts or I have a little bit of time before I go to bed, I might on a, on a day that I'm taking the bus get two hours of knitting in and that's pretty attainable. So I think that braidsmaid shawl, once it's kind of my primary focus, I could potentially get done in a couple of weeks and that will be a nice wardrobe enhancement. So I highly recommend that pattern. Martina Baim is very popular. A lot of her shawls are sport or fingering weight so I liked this one because it did call for the the DK which will make for a nice warm shawl. I do think that this Meadow Mountain wool is going to be an extremely warm cozy snuggly yarn. And that brings me to the last thing that is on my needles that I am just so stinking about, excited about, I can't even handle it. So I talked a minute ago about the fact that last year for Knit Nosh, I was a crazy person. I decided that it was really important that I have an object knit from every dyer that was going to be at the event. And I knit a Rilke hat with some MJ Yarns American Worsted in Midnight Orchid, which which to this day is still my favorite MJ Yarns colorway. I knit a, can't remember the name of the shawl, I knit a cute little triangular shawl with some scandalous yarn. It was a Hugh Loco pattern, uh, and that was a 400 yard, just very shawlette, I would call it. It's very small, kind of wrap around your neck, extra color kind of thing, not, not big drapey shawl. Then I knit a sweater shawl wrap, which ended up being my Rhinebeck sweater, with a bunch of beautiful colors of nerd string, and that is still a favorite, favorite sweater of mine. I ended up with a bit of a gradient in it. I have a pop of a chartreuse color that had just a little hint of sparkle, and that one makes me really happy. And then I did another one of those shawl hoodie sweaters in fingering weight, with the People Who Fields, and I had two gorgeous colors of People Who Fields and then a gray from Madeline Tosh, and that was my fourth sweater. But that was a ridiculous amount of knitting. Also, I decided to do that like, very 11th hour to last year's Knit Nosh, and made myself a little bit crazy trying to get it all done. So this year I was trying to think about, well, what could I do? I have new dyers coming. I want to make sure that I highlight the yarns. In some cases, I have other objects that I've knit with their yarns. So for example, Colorful Eclectic will be there, and my Blooming Tea was made out of her gorgeous yarns. I do have a skein of Knit Stitch yarn in my stash, and I could have whipped up an object with that, or a friend of mine just finished a beautiful object 
in her yarns and I'm sure she would have let me borrow it for demonstration purposes at Knit Nosh. And Jen, I may still ask to borrow your beautiful cowl. But I was trying to, you know, think of what would be a fun way to do it. And obviously, what seemed like the most fun was to try to do a fade. So my original idea was to try to do what the fade, because I thought it would be fun to kind of jump on a, a bandwagon and do a fun mystery knit along. What the fade is a brioche pattern. And I'm not, I'm not a terrible brioche knitter. It's not that it's impossible for me to do, but I'm not an experienced brioche knitter. And the biggest issue that I have right now with brioche is I think it takes a little getting used to so that you can see which wrap goes with which stitch. So when you're barking, which is brioche knit, or burping, which is brioche purl, you're basically just knitting together a yarn over and a stitch. And Andrea Mary in the videos for What the Fade, she talks about how there are a couple and you never break up a couple. But there were times for sure when I was trying to start this that I couldn't tell, based on where the, my yarn over was sitting, which stitch it belonged to, and then I would get off like a half a stitch, and my little beautiful rose of brioche would zigzag. So I cast it on, I tried it twice, and then I decided that I would be making myself crazy to try to tackle a large project like this and learn brioche at the same time. I'm considering taking a brioche class next weekend. Finger Play Studios in Lafayette, which is a lovely yarn shop with really, really wonderful owners. They are having a brioche class next week. So I think I might go and take the class. And I do think someday I will knit what the fade. But it is not going to be my Knit Nosh project because I, I need to stay sane. Then I decided I would just do regular find your fade. And I am thrilled with that decision. The other thing that makes me happy about deciding to do the regular find your fade is that it really gives each yarn a chance to shine. Where in the What the Fade, because it's brioche, they're always paired. And I think that these yarns would pair beautifully together and I would end up with a gorgeous object, but it would always be that blend of two together and not each one kind of shining on its own. So I'm pleased with my decision. I'm convincing myself that it's not just that I'm a chicken. And I've made a ton of progress this week. So this shawl will be what I will wear to Knit Nosh, which that's exciting and I've been trying to figure out. It's not necessarily my, my colors that I would normally wear myself. You guys have listened long enough to know that I wear a lot of jewel tones and brights and things like that. But I, when I'm done with this shawl and after Knit Nosh, this is going to be my mom's Christmas present. So I picked out colors that I thought were beautiful that I thought she would wear, not colors that were beautiful that I thought I would wear. So, starting from the tip, I, the first, so the shawl calls for seven different colors of yarn. I am knitting it with six, and what I did to accomplish that was I skipped the first fade, because in the pattern, the first color, it only calls for like 80 yards. I really didn't want any of these yarns to only get 80 yards worth of play, if that makes sense. So I skipped the first fade and I knit sections one through four. 
in one color. And that color is Colorful Eclectic Season's End. So this was her exclusive colorway for the Salida Fiber Festival, which was last weekend. And I think it's gorgeous. It's a really beautiful variegated brown. There's some very, very dark brown in here. There's some light brown. There's hints of red. There's some beautiful gold. And I think it's really pretty. Mine is a Stellina. So I, like I said, four sections of that. So kind of the first setup section, the first section of lace, where you would have done what she called color melting. It's just this one color, but because there's so much variegation in the yarn, it, it looks really pretty and it does not look like a solid section at all. And then the second section of lace is all in that color. And then I faded in my second yarn, which is MJ Yarns 1U. So that's his red label base that you can only get from Jonathan or at mjyarns.com. It's not available in stores. And it's the single. So he has two bases for red label. One is called Tough Ram, which is a applied fingering weight yarn. And then one U is the single. And it is so stinking soft, you guys, this yarn. I just want to squish it all the time. And then because most of the, the shawl is garter stitch, that makes for a lot of squish too, and it's beautiful. So I finished that section last night, and the colorway that I got is called Amber. It faded really beautifully with Season's End because the little, little, little hints of gold that are in Season's End are very similar to the color that's in Amber, so it fades really nicely. And then I finished the garter section of that, the lace section of that, and now I have started to blend in my third color. I actually finished the fade part, and now I'm on to the, the garter section of that, and, and this is where I'll have to start to, the shaping kind of starts to change uh, in the section that I'm on. And this is Scandalous, and I believe it's on the Betty base, I think so, and it is a colorway called Akamai, and it is more rose-colored, um, really like dusty browns. It's gorgeous. I really am happy with it. It's got a little bit of a uh, very, very pale kind of, I don't know, tan sounds like a boring way to call it, but it does have some lighter sections and then sort of a rose and brown, and so it, it really is fading nicely with the gold, and this is where the color, this is about the middle, so the color will start to kind of shift in the shawl from browns to more pinks. So after I finish the Scandalous Akamai, the next color in line is Cherry Tree by Knit Stitch Yarns. I have to say, I'm starting to be a little bit nervous about how similar these are, because this is also brown and pink. In the skein, they looked very different from each other. Wound up, I feel like, hmm, I'm not sure it's gonna be enough contrast. But I'm gonna give it a shot and see what I think. I do think what I'm gonna find is that Cherry Tree is going to surprise and delight me with the amount of pink that it has, and I think it'll be that real movement from this is very, very browns and golds to very, very pink. And then my wow color comes after that. And that will be Nerd String Sparkle in 
raspberry beret. So it'll go from brown to gold to, okay, this is brown with some pink to brown with some more pink to like, boom, raspberry beret. I'm very excited about that one. And then this week I lined up the final dyer. So in the past we've had four dyers per show at Knit Nosh, and this year we're going to have six. So we're kind of getting the band back together because I talked to Carl from Bijou Basin Ranch this week and they are going to come back. It's pretty hard to get on their schedule. They do all the big shows and they do a lot of travel, but I was lucky enough that this timing works out for them. So I purchased just the day before yesterday some Lasa Wilderness, which is their fingering weight base that is 75% yak and 25% bamboo. I don't think this is the base that we knit with at Knit Nosh last time because that was a sport, but it's a really nice base. And the thing that I was most excited about when I picked out this yarn is they've done collaborations with Jonathan from MJ Yarn. So they are a yarn company, not they are not dyers, right? They have people dye their yarn. They always bring in exciting people like Lorna's Laces and uh, mode knit yarns and people like that. They have them dye their bases. And so they did a collaboration with Jonathan. And I think this yarn is so stunning. So the colorway is called Joseph. And I don't know if this is why it's called that, but it keeps making me think Joseph in the Technicolor dream coat. I don't, I don't know if that's why it's called that, but it's got a whole bunch of beautiful colors. So it's got a gorgeous copper color to it and some browns. This is probably the, the two things melding together because his dye techniques are so fantastic. And then blue, kind of a really soft denim-y blue. So it's really pretty. It's a 250-yard skein. The last section of the shawl calls for 200 yards, so I'll have just enough, and that'll be my last beautiful color. So I'm really excited about this object. I'm having a lot of fun knitting with it. It's putting me in a really great like excited headspace for Knit Nosh. I'm getting super psyched about the whole thing and just knitting with the yarns is making me feel really happy and blissed out about this project. And so what I've decided to do, I certainly will have leftovers. That's the downside of the fades, right? Is that they don't really use whole skeins of yarn. And when I did my own fade, I can't remember if I did, it must've been still five different yarns instead of seven and I faded it out so that I used up as much of every single skein as I possibly could so that I didn't have tons of sad bits of leftovers. But I think I'm going to have close to, let's see, it's six. I think I'm going to have close to a thousand yards of yarn left. Maybe it's more like 950. And I am going to take those leftovers and I'm going to knit yet another one of the fade patterns, which is the freer fade, which is, a, I haven't bought the pattern yet, but my, my perspective on it is that it's less structured in how you do it. So in find your fade, there's definitely sections and each section is, I mean, you could do whatever you wanted with it, right? But the way that I have knitted is as written, which is each section is kind of one yarn and then you change and then you do the next thing. And this one feels a little bit more like it's it's less of a structured thing. There's less of a, a repetition. And I could easily just knit till I'm just about out and then fade in the next thing and knit till I'm just about out. So I'm going to knit that for your fade. And then I'm thinking 
that would make a fantastic door prize at Knitnosh, right? Like somebody could go home with this gorgeous shawl that is knit from the yarn from all of the dyers. So that's kind of where my head is at right now. We'll see if I decide that I have to keep it for myself. But like I said, it's not really my colors. So I think I'll be okay handing it off to someone who will love it and be thrilled to have it. Um, so that's what I'm thinking. The other idea that I toyed with was Katie from Modular Modular will be back and she'll be selling her bags. Last time, one of the things that was really popular was her dazzle hat. So her dazzle hat is this really cute pattern that I have. I need to finish that before Knit Nosh too. I have yarn kitted up for, and she uses all these cute short rows and stripes and things like that to make uh, a really cute fingering weight garter stitch hat. And so I thought, well, that might be fun, but I, I don't think I'll have enough to do both. And then I was kind of toying around with like, well, what would be the right thing to have be the base color versus those cute stripe colors? So I think I'll just do the regular dazzle hat that I was planning, which is bright neon colors on a base of black with Stellina and and call that good. And I don't think that I will knit the dazzle hat out of this yarn. I think I'll knit it out of the yarn I intended to. So that will be a whole lot of fun. So you're going to hear a lot about these yarns coming up here, guys, and it really is fun. I think it's important, you know, for me to have knit with the yarns that the people at Knit Nosh are going to be tasting because I do feel like um, I can say with confidence that they are beautiful and that they wear well. You know, now I've had all of these garments that I knit last year. I've had them all in my wardrobe for a year and they're they're just objects that make me happy. So it kind of just pulls it all together for me in a great way. And my mom is going to flip when she sees this shawl because I really think it's going to be stunning. I'm so pleased with all the colors I picked and I think it's going to be awesome. So that's my big project. I really have been working on this fairly monogamously for the last couple of days. I think this afternoon I'll take a little bit of time and get that so faded to the point where it's just knitting in the round in case I want to knit on it during the Bronco game tomorrow or anything like that. The other pattern that has really caught my fancy recently is the Sunset Highway Pullover. So I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's on Instagram quite a bit lately. It's a beautiful sweater. It's a fingering weight sweater and it's yoked color work. And I don't know, it's just stunning. There's something about it that feels to me a little more modern, like a little more modern take on a yoked sweater. It almost makes me think of like peacock feathers the way that it is. And the sample is knit with all these gorgeous speckled yarns. I'm gonna look really quickly and see. I think she was working with a company called Olan, which I don't know that company. So I feel like they're somebody I definitely need to check out. And I guess they were making kits. The designer of this pattern is Caitlin Hunter. And this is the second of hers that I am super completely obsessed with. Actually, now there's three. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about my Caitlin Hunter obsessions. This sweater, Sunset Highway, I am definitely going to knit and I might wind the yarn today just so that I have it ready to go. I have I feel like I have one other thing in line in front of it and that is the Easter West that I bought all that gorgeous Neighborhood Fiber Company for when I was at Stitches. The last couple of weeks, Neighborhood Fiber Company has been running their sweater club 
and it has taken everything that was in my power not to sign up for it because I have too many sweater quantities of yarn and I have two sweater quantities of Neighborhood Fiber Company that I haven't knit yet. So I want to get that done. I was like, don't buy any more. Knit the beautiful yarn that you have. So that may be in line in front of this, but it's a gorgeous, like I said, yoked sweater. What I like about it is it has lots of ease. Even the sleeves look kind of slouchy and fantastic. It has cute little sections of color work on the elbows so that the, so at the top, like this one that I'm looking at is so stunning. This is by a knitter. Oh, well, this is just one of the pattern pictures. I can't tell whose photo this was. But it's like navy and then turquoise and then a very light aqua and then a little bit of navy and then it's just speckled so it kind of looks like like oatmeal-y, you know, all the way down to the hem. I think it's a rolled hem from the pictures and it's got a lot of ease. I don't know if it's A-line shaped. It's a little hard to tell from the way people are wearing them. But every single picture that you see, it's just, it just looks comfy and really just, see, somebody's here. I could just go down a, such a rabbit hole with these pictures, you guys. But it's gorgeous. I, I am obsessed with this sweater. I watch everybody on Instagram that is knitting it, and it's just, it's just like I just want to knit it. So the last weekend I was trying to decide, did I want to dye some yarn for it? What did I want to do? I do like the exact sample that she had done where it's navy and then uh, blues. But I think, you guys, this is what I'm going to do with all this club yarn that I have from this summer. So I was in the Hedgehog Fibers Sock Club and I was in the Madeline Tosh Yarn Club over the summer. And I have quite a bit of just stunning yarn. So the first color, and I don't have the hedgehog in the room with me, but the first color that I have is this gorgeous bright blue. I was going to put that in Parachute by Stephen West, which is kicking around as a project that I, that I have yarn picked out for and kind of ready to go. I pulled that out of that bag, and I think I'm going to use that as the, the color that is at the collar and kind of pulls the top together. Then the last set of hedgehog that I got in my um, club was one is sort of an orange with pinks and one is a purple. So just really beautiful colors. And then I have the Madeline Tosh, which was a mostly white base with just little bits of chartreuse and black. And I think it's gonna look fantastic. So I'm really excited about it. I feel like this is a really fun way to play with color. I feel like the hedgehog kind of cries out for that creative use of color. So it might be a little wild and funky, but I don't even care. I'm so excited about it. I just want to cast it on. Like it's taking everything in me not to cast it on. I think I don't have needles. <laughs> so I think all of my my needles are tied up, um, which would mean that that will, keep me, that will keep me on my best behavior. I think the needles that are in the fade could work for that. Either one of these fade projects, I think. So that's my next one. But there are a couple of her other designs that I am super obsessed with. So let me tell you about those. The first one is a pattern that I saw in person at Stitches West in the Yoth booth. And I've talked about this one a couple of times before. I don't have yarn for this one yet. And that the next time I'm ready to purchase yarn, it's going to be for this sweater. So this calls for a DK weight. It's The name of the pattern is the Ninil Chick Swancho, I'm so butchering that name, but it's a Swancho, which is a poncho with sleeves, which 
which I guess basically just means that, you know, there's a lot of swing and it doesn't really have side hems, but then it has these cute sleeves. It's so pretty, you guys. Um, it calls for how many different colors here? It looks like to me like it's four colors of DK weight yarn. Yep, there's a main color and three contrasts. One of the things that I thought about doing was they have this beautiful new yarn at um, Fancy Tiger. It's their new small batch yarn, and it's called June Grass, which is and it's in gray. So I thought maybe that could be my base color, and then I do have minis in DK weight, and maybe I could dye some yarn to go along with it. So that's one of the things that I'm kicking around in terms of how I might do this one. But I just I just want it so bad. <laughs> it only comes in two sizes, so that's interesting, right? Small, extra small through medium and large through 3X. So I will probably knit the smaller size. I'm trying to see. Yeah, it's meant to have, again, a ton of ease. And it says here, the swancho is as comfy as being wrapped in a blanket, but is much more functional thanks to its clever construction and sleeves. I just feel like I would wear this 24 hours a day. So it, when I figured out that they were the same designer, I was like, of course they are, because I'm obsessed with them both. And then the other thing that she has that I just think looks like a really nice practical piece of clothing, there's actually a few here that I really love, is this little fingering weight sweater called Tegna. So this is a really cute, I would call it a t-shirt, um, short sleeved, sort of cropped, although some of these pictures it looks longer, so maybe people just added some length, but it has this beautiful A-line shaping, lace detail at the bottom. It calls for, sometimes it's hard to say, oh here we go, yardage. So I think it would call for a little more than two skeins of yarn, which is which is what would be tough. The size that I would need, it calls for 860. Um, so I might have to cheat with sleeves or something, but I really like this sweater. I just feel like it's a beautiful, again, little thing that you could wear over a tank, over a dress, with a skirt. I, I think it's really pretty and really functional. So I have this gorgeous yarn that I dyed over the summer. I was going to do the Hohi monochromatic cowl, and I, it's purples and blues. I was trying to emulate this color that I saw at Stitches, and I, and I was really pleased with how it turned out. What I might do instead, see somebody has it here with long sleeves. What I might do instead of stealing that yarn is I do have fingering weight yarn in my stash that I could dye, so I might just dye it up, dye something up, and then do it and just just add length to it, and maybe add length to the sleeves as well, um, and let it be as big as it wants to be, and that way I'm not, and I could try to do that same thing. I know what colors I used when I made that yarn. But I just think it's so pretty, you guys, and, and it's very delicate. So... Caitlin Hunter is a designer I would I would highly recommend checking her out. I just am obsessed with all of her work, and um, and I wanted to do that little bit of enabling, even though I don't have anything on the needles by her right now. It is really just a matter of time <laughs> at this point. So that's that's it for things that are in the works or in my imagination as being in the works.
the next thing I wanted to talk about was some stash. So I got some beautiful yarn this week for a review. This is from Zen Garden Yarns, and they sent me a beautiful gradient set. So it's a four color gradient in a color set that is called Spring. And it is greens and grays. I had a really hard time choosing from all of the beautiful colorways that they had available, but this was the one that I thought was just the most interesting. It's so, so pretty. So these are fingering weight skeins. Each one is about 200 yards. I think they are 200 yards. I'm pulling up the website right now while I chat with you guys. And they have, um, they have different sets of gradients. They have trios and quartets, I believe they call them. So I picked the quartet. I think that might have been what they were asking for for the reviews. Actually, I think I might have screwed up the first time and asked for a trio. And they're just lovely. So the colorways start from a beautiful, I'm going to call this like a lettuce green. I feel like I do a bad job sometimes describing colors. This is what's easier for people who are organized enough to do video podcasts. I will never be that girl. But it's a beautiful spring green, really lively color. Not at all chartreuse. Definitely more that, you know, like a pale Kelly green or a lettuce green or, you know, something like that. Second one in the gradient then goes to more grays, greens, and black in a true sort of variegated yarn. It's really pretty and the color changes are really subtle and I like it a lot. The next one is a little more speckled looking, so more of a light gray with speckles of black and then this gorgeous green. The green in this I would call more of a true Kelly green. And then the last one is just a gorgeous kettle dyed dark, dark gray. You guys know how I feel, I'm a sucker for a dark, dark gray. So they're really lovely. There was some really interesting information about the yarn itself. It's milled in Italy. And then, you know, this was the type of thing that made me wish that I had a little more knowledge about yarn construction because I, I, when I looked at this, I thought, oh, I really wish I knew a little bit more about what this means. It said on the, on the thing that it was two plies, then plied into four plies. And I just don't quite know what that means. <laughs> but I, I'm very excited about it. I think it's really, really pretty. And it's a really, it is a really springy fingering weight yarn. So I'm looking for a pattern for it. I'm trying to decide, you know, maybe it wants to be a shawl. I think there are lots of shawls that could use this four color thing. You know, the 800 yard thing definitely limits me just a little in terms of what I could do, but I can certainly throw some more yarn into this to, if I needed something to be a base against these other colors. I have a Madeline Tosh discontinued color in my stash that's called Gray Gardens that does a very similar job of pulling grays and greens together. So I, I think I could afford to pull one skein out of the stash that I have for that. And I could definitely find, um, find a use for it 
that that would work. So that's one thing I thought about. The other thing I thought about was Hohi Locatelli's four color cashmere cowl. I have knit that before, but I do feel like this would be a beautiful use of that. And I love the way the colors go together. So I think it would look really cute. Or she has a new pattern out that you that is intended for minis and it's a cowl and you just have little bits of color and then a and then a larger band and so I thought well you could modify that so that you ended up with four bands that were equal in size or that if you ended up doing some sort of like a almost like a striped kind of effect with them that that could be really cool so I think the possibilities are endless my friend Jen sent me a link to a Kino knits pattern that I believe is called Greener Over Here. And that was a really beautiful shawl that was meant to use grays and greens, really meant to use any color that you wanted to, but that, that could really work here. So I'm on the prowl for a pattern for these. I'm definitely going to cast it on soon because I'm very, very, very excited about it and more to come on this beautiful yarn. But I wanted to say thank you to the folks at Zen Garden for sending it over. And like I said, if you wanna check out their quartets, there were so many beautiful options. It was really difficult to pick which one, um, which one I wanted. And then I've just been playing with it. Like right now I have them skeined back into minis, but I'm gonna do go back to, Renee from Nerd always refers to this as a yarn baby. So I'm gonna take the four skeins and um, twist them just into one big thing. I took a really pretty picture for Instagram the other day because I had it twisted up like that. It was sitting under the lamp on my bedside table and it just looked so pretty. Um, but I feel like that helps me too to kind of get a sense of what the yarns will look like together and, and maybe help me pick um, what I want this to be. So that is uh, new to my stash. Everything else that's new in my stash you guys have already heard about in the context of the fade shawl. So lots of knit nosh yarn showing up here at my house this week and making me super happy. That brings me to the last segment. Last but not least, I did want to give an update on knit nosh. So the plans are coming together really nicely, you guys. I, I went down and met with them last weekend to finalize arrangements for the space. We will be back at Gallery 1874 in Arvada, Colorado for this one. It's just such a gorgeous space. The big change since we were there last year, last year we were the first ever event um, in the space and so they did not yet have the gallery portion of it up and running. But now it is a functioning art gallery. They also have Crystal Joys, which is one of the, the businesses that the Sample family who owns this runs. They have all of the crystal stuff in there and all of the art in there and it's really, the space is stunning. So if anything, the space is just prettier than it was last year because now it's full of art. I think the backdrop of all of this art and then all of the gorgeous yarn is just going to be really super fantastic and I'm excited about the space. I'm finalizing choices for the menu so it'll be a fun, more of a tapas style menu um, than we've done in the past. That was kind of always my original concept was that it would be tapas and we've gone a little more like a four-course meal in the past. So it'll just be fun, fun foods. I think it's going to be great. I'm, I'm excited about it. And I have a fun little surprise planned for dessert. I will be probably mixing up the beverages a little bit this year. So I'm working on 
some interesting choices of the the beverages and like I said we've got six fantastic dyers coming this year so we have Bijou Basin Ranch, MJ Yarns, Nerd, Scandalous, Colorful Eclectic, and Knit Stitch Yarn. So six fantastic local yarn companies. I love the products from all these people. I love these people themselves. It's going to be fab, you guys. It's going to be great. The tickets are selling pretty fast. So if you are interested, um, don't hesitate. They they usually, you know, it's I don't I don't usually have to turn away too many people. Um, and and hopefully, if somebody really, really wanted to come, we could squeeze you in. But the tickets are going very fast, and I want people to make sure that they know that I wouldn't. I would hate for somebody to wait and miss out. And I am selling kits, and there seems to be a little more interest this year in kits than than in years past. The price went up a bit because there is more stuff in the kits, and so I finally got those live on the website middle of the week this week. So if you're interested in a kit. That's great. There are everything from swag kits where you just get a wine glass and a project bag and things like that or all the way up to the whole deal. You could have every yarn that we're tasting and a project bag and a glass and a bag for modular modular. So the range is out there and if you guys are interested that that is awesome. No pressure. <laughs> but I will be continuing to give you guys updates as the plans come together. The, the website is live at knitnosh.com. That's where you can get tickets and things like that. Find out details. If you've bought a ticket already, because a lot of people have, uh, I'll be sending updates along the way about the fun things you can expect. I have some fun ideas in mind in terms of things you can do with your minis and stuff like that. I, I have some fun things planned for the goodie bags. One thing I wanted to do a shout out if anybody out there who listens, I know we have a lot of people who listen who um, are designers and things like that. I only allow the yarn companies who come to, um, to do yarn and to do sponsorship and things like that. But if there's anybody else out there who is interested in being a Knit Nosh sponsor, if you want to promote your business via Knit Nosh through, you know, prizes for giveaways, we do door prizes and things like that. If you wanted to put something in the goodie bags, we're always looking for options of fun things to give people, whether that's, you know, coupon codes or your business card or a sticker or samples or anything like that. I would love to chat with folks about any, any and all of those things. So November 11th is the date for Knitnosh. Again, all of the details are on knitnosh.com and more to come guys it's going to be fun i feel like it's been such a long time since i did one we're actually pretty much exactly tomorrow's a year since the last one and i feel really energized and excited to pull together just a super fun event for you guys so till next time guys happy knitting i appreciate you guys hanging out with me today i feel like it was a longer than usual episode i am transitioning pretty well into the new job and the changes that that has brought for you know life and logistics and family and all of that so my my mojo feels back in a couple of ways and I and I thank everybody for hanging with me through a pretty big transitional time in my life till next time guys thanks bye